it's actually kind of funny. Oh, we're live. We're live. There we are. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Jess and Allison show with no name and no voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, Allison, at least you have a voice. I didn't earlier in the week. Did you hear me on the call on Tuesday? I was no. just like you. Oh, my gosh. Were you sick? Um, you just I actually don't think I was. I... I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought it was because I went to amusement park on Sunday and screamed. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I didn't have a voice and it wasn't even like, we weren't even there for very long. So I was like, what is happening? That's so weird. Sometimes I think, so I actually had a very bad cold that my daughter had and my husband had. It's not COVID. So the thing, when you get sick during COVID, everyone thinks you have COVID. Like this, I don't have any symptoms of COVID. Although apparently there's like 86 symptoms of COVID, but um <laughs> But uh, all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I so but I do think sometimes when I lose my voice, it's like the universe is like telling me I need to speak louder or like challenging. Like I think I, you know, I, it's never just like, oh, I have a virus and I've lost my voice. It's like there's got to be a big reason for this that I'm like, I need to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> never just because this no. is possibly just perhaps part of the human experience. <laughs> no, no. It's like the universe telling me something about my messaging. <laughs> I love it. I just found it so hilarious trying to talk because I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I just literally keep cracking my voice and I can't talk. I know. I keep starting to talk and thinking, oh, it's better now. And then it's not okay. better. <laughs> oh, well, does it hurt at all? I had a sore throat, but my sore throat's gone now. So, um, yeah, but I was supposed to go backpacking and I was like, you know what? It probably wouldn't be a good idea to be in the middle of nowhere with, mm. you know, miles from civilization and not, yeah. and not be well. So even though yeah. like this is I feel like this is an area of growth for me because in the past I would have gone. But now <laughs> I would have just said, forget it. I'm going to be fine. I feel like, you know, <laughs> This is probably a better thing to do. Just postpone. Like, let's just be really nice to our body and see exactly. time. I've eaten about 15 heads of garlic this week, much to my family's chagrin. So. <laughs> nice. Can yeah. you tell the difference when you, when you actually can you because you said something about garlic on one of our last shows too for six oh well i mean garlic is a cure-all um <laughs> apparently not this. oh okay so i don't know are you familiar with earthclinic.com or earthclinic.net that's where i get all of my natural remedies from <laughs> and i you know usually when i get sick i start like this whole like regime of like you know raw garlic because it's an antiviral and Manuka honey because it's antibacterial, like all this stuff. And it typically I like knock it out like immediately. But at the beginning of this week, I so I came down with this on like Sunday. On Saturday night, I could start to like feel it, you know, kind of like coming on. And mm -hmm. my I had pizza for dinner, which is inflammatory for my body. That was a bad move. I think I let like and then I had cinnamon buns the next morning, which I never, ever do. But it was my daughter's birthday. So it was like her birthday oh, breakfast. Yeah. And I think I let the sugar and like white flour like just win. Like I fed oh, the virus, right? So mm. I missed my window. 
But normal, like in general, when I get sick, I like it's it's short, it's quick, it's over, it's you know. So mm-hmm. fire. Oh, Juliana, I am drinking fire cider right now in my tea. So what is fire cider? <laughs> <laughs> Teach fire, me all the things. <laughs> fire cider is fermented um, apple cider vinegar and garlic, uh, horseradish, and ginger and lemon or there's like there's different things that you can put into it but in general it's fermented apple cider vinegar um and other things added to it so you're supposed to take like a like a little like a teaspoon of it every day um it tastes yes it tastes horrible but it does work really really well so it's like an old remedy okay in the comments drop your favorite remedies when you're sick oh yes dude yeah that's great yeah, Amy says apple cider vinegar and manuka honey. It tastes terrible, but singers drink this to keep their throats good. Yeah, it's it's like Yeah, I, I thought about singers when I had <laughs> that happen just a couple days ago. I was like, how do people do this who really use their their voice as a tool? That's seems like a whole there's a whole like world that, that I don't know about. <laughs> Dana, you can ferment the apple cider vinegar yourself. But I buy it, so you can also buy it. And you can even buy it on Amazon. Um, I buy it from our local co-op. Yeah, honey and lemon and tea, that's another really good one. Do that also a lot. It always gets noisy. It always gets noisy as soon as I log on to this. <laughs> Allison, I was thinking we haven't had a guest on with us in a while. Should we bring somebody on? We need a topic. We haven't, actually. You're right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I I haven't really given it ahead of time thought about what our topic should be, <laughs> per the usual. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. Have you started homeschooling yet? I'm starting on the first. Okay, because you can like I'm, pick your own date, right? Like I can just, pick my own date, and I think August is for playing. <laughs> I like that. I wouldn't want to go to school in August either, although most people do go to school in August. I know that that is the typical thing. The, yeah. the school they were at um, last year has has already been, and it's about it'll be two weeks before they start. So wow, yeah. All and right, two weeks so before we start, they have already been in school. Is what I'm trying to say. September first yeah. is your go date. Yeah, and it's really cute because um, my son is like me. My he's a middle child, also. I'm middle child, classic middle child, <laughs> and he's wanting this. He like wants to know what's happening. So this morning before this call, he's like, "Okay, so, so where are we going to put all of our books? Like, where are we going to put the worksheets? What's what's the system?" I mean, <laughs> he like wants to know what's ahead of time. I'm like, well, why don't you just help me set it up? Because I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. <laughs> Don't you teach? <laughs> I was like, do you want to read the teacher's manual? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's gonna be a good time. Are you so you you're feeling like okay? Like you're are you excited to get started? Are you like? I mean, yeah. I feel like if I were homeschooling, there I would do so much prep. I would never get to the actual teaching part. <laughs> so it's funny because I started thinking about it like eight months ago. So I kind of just needed that space for my brain to kind of start letting it think about it and and sink in a little bit. And through that time, I've picked out curriculum and I have stuff, but I've also had a lot of conversations 
with people who I have friends who've homeschooled and then I have like, um, we're, I'm homeschooling my boys through the school they were at before. So there's people to talk to that are like the, in the head of the homeschooling there. And every time I have a conversation, I just did just two days ago with somebody over at the school, it feels like this is so chill. This is like gonna be so chill and just whatever we want it to be. And it's gonna be so much fun. And I do not need to be uptight about anything. And the kids learn so much. I think even no matter, I don't think I can mess it up. I think that's one of the thoughts that's really helped me that a lot of people have been saying to me is you, you're not gonna mess it up. Like they're gonna learn. You just start the process and you kind of figure out what you wanna do. That's That's something that they've all said is you can get like, a little bit into whatever curriculum you're using and then totally scrap it. <laughs> you can say like, this isn't working for us. I want to try a different thing. And you're not behind at all. You're not really losing any ground because it just doesn't take as much time. There's like all the things that take so much time in school is so much about coordinating large groups of people, right? Crowd control. When you, when you take out so much of that stuff, you're, you've really got plenty of time for all the things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited. Denise, birth order topic. I think that that is like such a good Great topic. topic. <laughs> if you have three, like three kids in your family, it like is like so perfect. I, I don't know. know how it works with more or less, but like, yeah, because yeah. I'm an oldest child and I am like a classic oldest child. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but with yeah. two, so I only have two kids though. So I don't really, I mean, definitely Anastasia is a classic oldest child, but I don't know, Stella doesn't seem to fall into like a pattern. I don't know what the pattern is for two children. Well, it's the young, does she fit any of the youngest child stuff? What, like, what would that be? I don't think she does. I don't know the youngest child as well. She's <laughs> not like the baby of the family at all. She's like yeah. really independent and like super into like, what she does. I mean, she's like super focused. I don't think she's like a, a youngest child at all, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know a ton about the, the birth order stuff. I just know that <laughs> I know mine because I'm a middle <laughs> child. <laughs> and when I first started learning some of this stuff, I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was totally me. Like the, the peacemaker and trying to make everybody like all the things be fine and good for all the people. And, um, but I think, I think the youngest child, I, I think there is a lot of independence in the youngest child. Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think the middle child has like the, like the worst, like rap, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but you always hear like, oh, you don't want to make that child a middle child, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. a terrible thing to say, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I didn't really know a lot Maybe about you it. You don't say that to middle children. Maybe <laughs> only like first children say that to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I've heard so um, some stuff also about how, like, if you're the first of your gender, there's also because I have some firstborn tendencies because I'm the first girl because my oldest is um, a, my brother. So I think there's some stuff with that too, but I don't I don't know a lot about it. If anybody knows a lot about it, I know we need an talk, expert on that would be fun. First order. <laughs> 
Sherry also is the middle child between two brothers. Hmm. Yeah. Karen says her husband is the baby of seven. So there, everything I think also gets thrown out the window when you talk about really big families, right? Like uh -huh. there's like a whole different thing that goes on there, which I find fascinating. I love big families. I don't have one. I don't come from one, but I find like, I love the idea of a big family. Yeah. I, I kind of love the idea of them. And it also like scares me. Like, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the operation of that? <laughs> it's more like, um, well, I don't know, but like, I think you have to be like way more organized, right? Like you have I to guess you would have to be or way less. It's one or the other, right? You have to go to like an extreme, maybe. I don't, who, is there anybody listening who's from a really big family? We would love to talk to you. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Got multiple things that do. Oh yeah, Kim has seven kids. Kim, you want to come on camera and talk to us about oh, having? Oh, that'd be so fun. We'll just wait for an answer. <laughs> my my grandpa, um, he's no longer here, but he came from a family of, I always get this mixed up, eleven or twelve. Um, it was a huge family, and they and he, we always tell the story of. His name's James, but everybody called him Boots. And we have, there's this whole story about they were in this, um, you know, they just lived in the backwoods place and they made moonshine and he went to jail because one time he was like the one tending the moonshine and he was like a little kid. It was like this story of the family. It was, it was so wild. It's like a totally different time. I know. I kind of wish I lived during like that whole like crazy, you know, I don't know, other, other time periods. Okay. So Phyllis in the comments is one of seven and she's the middle daughter. Phyllis, do you want to come and talk to us about that? That sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. Kim says there's never a dull moment in her house. <laughs> Can imagine I, that. I believe that. Oh my gosh. So funny. Yeah, it would be so interesting to talk to you guys. I'm so fascinated by it because I'm like, I feel like there's so much coordination that I still am figuring out all the time, regularly with my three kids. <laughs> right. Even with, I feel that way with two kids. I know. How do you drive all the places when you have seven kids? That's my question. Yeah. And maybe you don't. Maybe you just, maybe that's one of the things is that there's a different, way of doing things. I don't know. I would like to know. Right. Yeah. Samantha Evans says, my dad is one of 11. Wow. So my husband's family does have a lot of kids, but they're, they're like, there's like stepkids and half siblings. So it's, you know, it's a combined family, which I think that sets a whole other dynamic also. Mm -hmm. I put the older kids to work. I put all the kids to work. Everyone works. Yeah. <laughs> Reese is the oldest five. Amber's the oldest of five. Wow. Oh, it's really families in here. Yeah. I like that. It's so interesting. It is so interesting. I wonder if you have more clutter, more kids. You have to, right? Like, yeah. So I am very curious. Phyllis or, or Kim, if you guys want to get on here and then tell us <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> I, I had 
I had a family um, that we were really good friends with that had a lot of kids. And I remember the way that they did it was they, it just seemed like the kids had, they coordinated for them to have much less stuff. Like they had multiple kids in a bedroom and they didn't, they just didn't have a lot of things. They had like a small area of the stuff that belonged to them. That's how my clutter started. <laughs> yeah. The me makes total sense. Yeah. That's a lot to keep track of. Oh my gosh. Phyllis, do you want to talk? <laughs> I've lost Jess. Who wants to join me? That is that is so crazy to have one bathroom for everybody. <laughs> families are families are so cool and so many different experiences everybody has. Oh my gosh. Okay. I almost don't want to admit this, but we have one bathroom per person in this house. <laughs> and I often wonder how we could do with less, but Phyllis, oh my gosh, that's like, that's actually incredible, right? That's yeah. like a. Yeah, that is amazing. Not on camera. Phyllis, Phyllis, would you be willing to come on, not on the camera? <laughs> I do it that way. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Amy, my sister and I are only 17 months apart. But then, okay, that's another thing is when you have kids really, really close in age, right? So that's like a whole other family dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my oldest two are 16 and a half months apart. That was, it was a crazy thing. I look at the, at the pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had a baby rocking another baby. <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> My gosh, it's hilarious. Okay, Dana says, it seems like families are smaller than they used to be. My mom is one of five and my dad is one of seven, yet they only had two and none of their siblings had more than three. Hmm. Maybe it has to do with women working more than they used to or how expensive kids are right now. Do you think it's more expensive to have children now? Right? It has to be. There's so much that's different now. I mean, before you used to have a lot of kids and everybody used to like work on farms or like do these big family things together. I feel like now there's so much of, <laughs> there's so much now that's like the parent is here for the child. So it takes so much more effort, I think, in order to, what do you think about that, Jess? Don't you think that? I think so. I often say that we used to have kids because we needed more help around the house, and yeah. now we have kids and we need to hire more help around the house. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like the whole dynamic of families has completely shifted. And it that's, I mean, that's a huge contributor of to clutter, also, right? Um, but we like it's, it's, yeah, it's very strange. I mean, I guess it's not strange, it's just it is what it is. Our lives are so different now. Did Were you involved in extracurricular activities growing up? Like our kids are involved in extracurricular activities. I mean, I always did sports, but like I remember doing sports in middle school and high school, like through school. I did not, I didn't do like, I mean, I took dance lessons when I was younger, but I mean, now it seems like there's like a million things like art lessons, like lang other, you know, learning another language. Um, sports, like there's so many things that like we get our kids involved with. 
Yeah, it it kind of feels to me like there's this idea that if we don't do that, that they're missing out on opportunities and things that they could do. Um, and it does bring this whole level of stress as if there's some sort of timeline, like a scarcity thing. Like we've got to make sure they try all these things and get in all these things. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do all that. I was involved in school sports. I don't remember doing anything outside of that. <laughs> I don't even remember there being, I mean, I remember there being like, I said just dance. That's the only thing I remember that there was dance and there were like soccer things, but like we did not do that. But yeah, now you feel like it's hard to like push against the tide, right? Mm -hmm. So I tried to keep my kids out of stuff for as long as possible. And I definitely felt like I was criticized for, them, for that from like other parents or that I was missing out on like some like parent connection because I wasn't doing the soccer thing or the lacrosse thing or the, you know, whatever mm -hmm. music lessons or it's like a, there's so many things that you can do, like put your kids into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I fought against it for a while too. <laughs> My husband got started in sports really young. Cause they, they always were like, if you, he, when he was growing up, his parents felt like if they didn't get them involved, then by the time they got older, they, they couldn't, they weren't at the level. There wasn't any way to catch up. Um, so he grew up with that. And I grew up with this, like, I was like, no, not getting them involved in sports young. And so we like figured out some compromise stuff, but it is something I feel like I have to battle regularly because there's lots of things that I'd like to get them involved with, but downtime is, such a crucial thing it is it's a really really important thing and the being bored and having space i honestly think that that most of my creativity came from that just the fact that i can remember this huge part of my childhood of just like what am i making today i'm gonna draw stuff and i'm gonna like use my little clay and what am i gonna do i don't know i'm just gonna nobody else is figuring out for me i just have all this time and i think that that's you know, that really served me so well in creating my imagination and my ability to build things. That's what I think is. I totally be. agree. I totally agree. You're way more creative if you're forced to be bored. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, so yeah, I struggle with that. Honestly, I, that's a big part of why I chose to homeschool because I just wanted to I was rebelling. I was rebelling <laughs> against the schedule and against like, don't tell me where I have to go at all the times. Like, I'm not going to do it. We're going to just carve out all this time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, and I, on the other hand, cannot wait for these kids to go back to school. I am like <laughs> counting down the days. I mean, when did they we don't go back the, September 8th. So, oh wow. I know. <laughs> like, so much I feel like they've been home for years. <laughs> but I totally value the downtime also. And I think, you know, having unstructured, uh, an unstructured like amount of time at home and the value, there's like so much value in being bored. I mean, how are you ever going to sit through a meeting at work if you don't know how to be bored? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just always think that 
Oh, you know what? This is just makes me think the ability to be bored. Do you think it's actually becoming like a lost art? Because we don't even know how oh, yeah. to sit still without picking up our phone and checking something anymore. How do I, I, challenge how to everyone, I challenge you to go for two hours without touching your phone today. Two whole hours, no phones. Wow, that's a good challenge. I've been thinking about doing a technology fast of some sort, but I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And like, I still <laughs> need to be on it for some things, but like, how do I do that? And also just like set it aside. <laughs> so you're trying to figure out how to do a technology fast while still accessing your technology. I know it's a challenge. The fast, the fast would be around my thoughts around it really, because it's the neat, it's the, it's not just like, Oh, I've done this thing and then I'm setting aside. It's the, like the need to check on it and babysit and and think about what I might be missing on other things. That's the part that I think it kills me. And ever I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> That's why I go backpacking because you can't use your phone. I mean, you can use it to like listen to music or take pictures or something, but you like literally cannot make a phone call. You cannot connect to the internet. You cannot do anything. There's no way. It's the only for me. It's the only way to get that technology fast, force, mm. force disconnect. I mean, otherwise, sometimes I lock up my phone, and and once I don't have it near me, I don't think about it. But it's right. like I have access to it. I'm touching it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Would you usually go by yourself? No. No. Who do you friends or? I just have friends that I go with. Actually, I beg people to go with me all the time. I send out like like pathetic begging text messages. Like, please, please, please go with me. <laughs> Aw. So I don't cool. have enough friends that backpack locally. I need more because, you know, because I like it's something I love to do. And I did try going alone once. I did one day alone once. And I like to interact with people. Yeah. That you know, I, I don't need to immerse myself more in nature. I need like connection also. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It would be so fun if we could just, it would be so fun to have more ways of just being in person with each other. Cause I, we've, I've made all these friends now. I'm like, you're very far away from me. I can't just go randomly backpack with you. <laughs> We could. I mean, you could just come. <laughs> this is a little I mean, trip. I guess I could. I could <laughs> figure out how uh, how to get a flight there. And I do like spontaneous stuff. We're going to do this one of these days. Well, the thing is also, it's a lot easier now that my kids are older because I can just leave them. I mean, there's no, mm -hmm. like, they can cook, they can take care of themselves. They, you know, I don't need to like, I used to have to prep a lot more to leave, but now it's just like, just go. They, they prefer when I leave, actually, they're like super happy to have me gone. So. <laughs> so that's awesome. I, I leave my kids. They're old enough to leave them for a little bit of time, but I, I wouldn't leave them for a day or, or more. I'm not there yet. They're not that old. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting yes. there though. You're getting there. It's yeah. it really does change everything. Yeah. That's that's fun. All right, so we'll plan our backpacking trip and then we'll do like we'll we'll do some videos 
And that can be one of our podcasts, like <laughs> re recapping the video thing. Yes. That'd be so fun. You can silence. Yeah, you can. Okay. So back to the phones. Karen says, can you silence the ding during work hours? I actually put my phone on do not disturb a lot because it, it's constantly interrupting me. Mm -hmm. I do this thing where I put out and do not disturb and then I check it to see what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what Which, am I doing? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's the FOMO. Oh, Allison, I read an article about JOMO. Do you know what JOMO is? The joy of missing out. Yes. <laughs> it's the opposite I, of FOMO. It's like, a, let's talk about it because it's something that it's, it's like the FOMO is totally instinctive to our primal brain. That's like something's, you know, ah, fear, like nervous. We got to see what we're missing out on. But the other one is something that's we have to cultivate intentionally. So I think that'd be, yeah. Tell me what you read. Well, I just read that, you know, some people are embracing JOMO, which is the joy of missing out now. And it's such a mindset shift, right? Because instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on so much stuff, like, thinking, thank goodness that I am missing out on all this stuff because it's not worth it for me to be like, you know, fearing missing out. Like, so it's totally just shifting how you think about missing out. Say so yeah, like embracing Jomo, like this is so nice to be disconnected. This is so nice to be missing out. This is so nice to, you know, I love it. I'm all about the Jomo. <laughs> That's, I'm so not naturally inclined to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've done that mindset shift just a couple times um, where I've, I've tried to like turn my focus to the idea of, okay, so, but if I actually went and did that thing, what would I be missing out here right now? Like, like this, like this lounging, this, like not having to do anything. It's not have to think about anything. It's not having to get dressed. Like I would be missing out on this. So let's think about what I actually love right here, which is, all, you know, that similar idea, but it's, I think it's definitely something that you have to cultivate because it's always that grass is greener on the other side. Like where I'm not is where I want to be always. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There's people in the comments here who are saying that they love the Jomo, but it took, it took a long time to get there. Sherry says it has to be a total mindset shift. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something that I think that, you know, it's, it's like a muscle you, you build. It's something that grows. All right. I feel like we're not laughing enough. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tell us a joke. <laughs> How can we learn Jomo? I think it's just, you know what? This is just anytime you feel like, oh gosh, what am I missing out on? Be like, just start shifting the way you're talking to yourself. Like, mm -hmm. I'm so happy I'm not like there right now because it would be, you know, it's so much more enjoyable to not be there, to not be like in that worried state of fear. Hmm. I do this sometimes with, um, because I can't go, I can't, well, I, I can, but it's just schedules and stuff. I, I don't go out as much as I used to. 
And so I am such a people person that that's the thing that I that really gets me FOMO around because I'm like, oh, I'm totally missing out on being around all these people and doing all this stuff. So for me, I've I've really the thoughts that I have used for it is like sometimes actually a lot of times I go out and it's like just eh, okay. It's like yeah, it was okay. It was like kind of fun, but like maybe I wasn't like totally like feeling it or whatever or was thinking about you know, I'm tired or whatever. So sometimes if I remember that, I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to be there. <laughs> this right here is really fun too. <laughs> I like to think in the opposites. That's what Dana said. Dana's saying that in the comments also. Sometimes experiencing something can help with the JOMO when I can't even read when somewhere over the weekend that I felt FOMO for previously and it wasn't that great. So mm -hmm. in the future, I can have JOMO if we don't go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really just your brain always telling you that's so amazing and wonderful over there and you're not there. And and, and it's not, it's really not truth because, <laughs> because wherever you are, your experience that you're having there is based entirely on what you're thinking about and, and, you're, and you're choosing about your emotional state. So you can choose that emotional state anywhere. Friends, you can choose your emotional state. I think that's really important to keep in yeah. mind. You yeah. choose your emotional state. Mm -hmm. That's that's the soapbox that I get on regularly. <laughs> yes. So, okay, in the comments, tell us what emotional state are you going to choose today? So good. And it can it doesn't have to be, this is a, a thing that I think we sometimes do. It doesn't have to be like super high energy, so happy, joyful. Like you don't have to choose that kind of emotional state. The emotional state that I choose most of the time is just a state of like calm acceptance. <laughs> just like, yeah, this, it's allowed. It's all allowed. <laughs> Teresa says sleep mode. I don't know if that's about the phones or about the emotional state that she's choosing. <laughs> both. <laughs> I think it works for both. Denise says, can I have a list of what emotions are? There actually yeah. are emotion lists. Oh, I have an app for emotions, I think. Yeah, there's there all the whole spectrum of anything that's like, I mean, from the basic ones, angry, sad happy, mad, or I said angry. Those are some of the, the top basic ones that we're aware of, fearful. But you can get really nuanced with your um, words that you use. This is actually one of the tricks that I do all the time is I really love getting really nuanced on the type of words. So I'll have like a low energy word list and a high energy word list. And, um, and sometimes it will just be like helpful to see what, what am I really feeling? Um, and it can, the low energy stuff, I have the ones that I have used in the past have been like, um, jealous, needy, desperate. So they're more nuanced. Um, and it helps to kind of be like, okay, what am I feeling really more internally? I'm sorry. Give me just a second. My child wants to be a part of this conversation. Do you want to come up here and say hi? Yeah. So you can stop making noises under me. Come here. <laughs> Here, you want to say hi? Yeah. Hi. You got to move hi. this way. <laughs> he got a rug burn, so. Oh, no. He looks a little bit beat up right now. This is Connor. 
Hi, Hi Connor. <laughs> Can you let me have a conversation now? Yeah. Okay. Can you go wait outside? Thank you. <laughs> How old is Connor? Six. Yeah, you can't leave long yet. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm looking for this app that has all the, the words, but I, I cannot find it. Um, positive vocab words. I don't know. There's like color um, color wheels and color charts that that actually have, it almost looks like a, an, an artist's paint palette and has all these spectrum of emotions in, in the colors that kind of relate to them. So it's, I think if you look up um, color emotions chart, you would be able to find something really fast. It's very right. useful. All right, I'm looking at it right now. So I'm on two pieces of technology at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, ooh, and they have them for kids too. Oh yeah. Human emotion. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love this. Yeah, it's really useful. Because sometimes we we I don't think that you know emotional intelligence is being taught now, but I don't feel like it was taught us. Um, and it's uh, this is a lot of what it is. It's just being able to understand. It's like a whole different kind of of wisdom in our body. That we can know about and, and tune into. I'm gonna sneeze. Hold on, I'm gonna mute myself. So if I sneeze, I, it doesn't make a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Connor is adorable. He is he is my little rascal. <laughs> I love him. Um, so, so Denise, um, Jess is looking at something on her phone. I don't know if it's something you can actually hold up to the screen or not, Jess. This thing that you're finding, or are you? Oh, you're looking for it. She's looking I'm for gonna, it. I'm gonna screen share. I'm gonna actually put it onto the screen. It. Yeah, we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna bring it on. I just have to find. Okay, hold on. Color emotion wheel. This is for 2020. So I don't know if there's like an updated one, but <laughs> let me see if I can share this on here. I don't know. There's okay. only so many, so many you can get <laughs> changes you could make for a color emotion. <laughs> exactly. Okay, the emotion wheel. Here we go. Okay, can you guys see that? Oh yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So on the so outside here, you can see like some of the big groupings and categories of what it's about. Yeah, so it's, I guess, so Allison, walk us through this. You start with one in the middle, is that right? So it's 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 more like you can see the, the groupings of the categories. So if you were to, the ones in the middle are really easy for us to, to locate. Like, genius, I don't know that one, actually. This is different, right? Look, also. I've never seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that, though. Genius is like an amazing group of words. It is. That's like the whole, that's very high energy words. I love that. Yeah. Because, okay. So I use empowered all the time, mm -hmm. but there's so many more here that are so like in flow. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Passionate. Okay. So look at on the other side though, disgust. This is a word I don't use all the time. Tainted. 
I don't like that's, but that's actually a great word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Humiliated. So, you, so words, I am such a word nerd. <laughs> I love them. They're, they're so useful. Like even just look at how you reading that like inflow and empowered, how it changed, like it literally changed how you were interacting with it. You're like, Oh, I love that word. Words are so powerful. They can so greatly affect how we're physically even feeling and showing up. So being able okay. to label stuff. How about this one for joy? One of the words is seen. Mm. Seen connected joy. I love that. When you feel seen, you feel joyful. Yeah. Yeah. It, guys, if you've ever had trouble like accessing things like joy and some of these higher energy stuff, it could just be that we, you just needed more more thoughts and words to choose from. So this is a really good way to do it. Cause you'd be like, okay, so if I'm choosing Domo, <laughs> I'm going to choose joy. What would make me feel in joy right now? Like, Oh, what would make me feel free right now? What makes me feel, um, what's something I can set into like silliness and where's some of those other words. Those are so good. These are such good words. Grounded. This is a really good one. I'm going to look yeah. and see if there's other ones right quick. But okay, yeah. in the comments, we want to know, are you like, where do you want to land today? Like, I think I always want to land in genius. I mean, that's a genius word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's choose genius. I so I love it. This is really cool. Did you just randomly find this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. Yep. Ooh, grounded is such a good word, Amy. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you so many options. It, it feels like different flavors in, in your body. Like, which one do I want to feel today? I don't have to just feel like joyful because maybe that doesn't resonate totally with me, but I could feel, um, I could feel belonging, right? How could I do that? How could I feel belonging today? And if you know me, you know that I am a big preacher on your emotions come from your thoughts. So if so you can choose, like pre preemptively choose the feeling that you want and then ask yourself, what would I need to think to feel that? How can I feel more belonging right now? What could I do to feel grounded right now? How can I go feel seen? What could I do to feel free? One time, um, <laughs> so dancing is one of the things that I really like to do. Also, Jess, I can't see you. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, I know, because I made our wheel bigger on the screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I can bring this back, though. Okay. I just thought it would be easier if, like, if that were zoomed in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So one time, I remember purposely choosing the feeling of free because I wasn't able to go dancing, but, like, I had wanted to. And so I was like, okay, what are the feelings that I feel when I go dancing? One of them is free. So I was like, how can I feel free right now? And I ended up doing, you know, this whole expressive thing on my own that would just felt amazing we can we can give these things to ourselves at any time it's really really all right cool. so we got some questions here allison these are good questions for you um yeah. i'm gonna read two of them okay so one amber says how does choosing your emotion work with feeling your emotion and barbara says she's not buying this or she's not mm -hmm. vibing off of it or something like that purple is one of her favorite colors and the words are not representative of what she feels when she feels purple 
Oh, okay. Well, first let's, let's talk to you, Barbara. Um, that that's okay. I think that people assign colors to emotions, um, more there's like, there's some big broad spectrum stuff that like corporations and companies use these as, cause it's like, often this is how this color makes people feel certain ways, but it doesn't have to be that way for you. Right. You can just take the words and decide what color fits with that for you. Um, if the color is the thing that's really throwing you off, you can like paint your own stuff. This could be like your, uh, like, um, create your own, your own formula for how you visualize things or, or feel things in your body or see things and, and draw it out yourself. That could be a really fun little project. It doesn't have to be, I know that there's studies that have been done, but there's like, who cares? There's no rules. It doesn't have to be that purple is assigned to sadness, right? It could be for a different one. Okay. But anger is always red. <laughs> <laughs> anger does fit with that a lot, but you know, I, See, so I'm an artist by background. So I look at this and I'm like, red and orange are super close together. Orange is one of my favorites. And like, there's a whole palette between um, the red and the orange there. Just like, give yourself all the permission to have so much fun with just like, what what do emotions feel like to me? I actually did a whole thing one time where I drew a whole landscape of emotions because it, I have pictures in my mind that match with emotions, like, like a river and, and the, the feeling of calm and steadiness and trees is a feeling of like adventure and playfulness. I do whatever you want, like let your inner, inner illustrations come out because they're really, really useful. It doesn't just have to be the way someone else, you know, has put it into this color wheel. Um, Okay, Amber. so Amber's also yeah. saying, is this a way of ignoring what we need to feel? Oh, okay. All right, so emotions are such interesting palettes that we can access, okay? Because an emotion, it, what it is, it's a vibration in your body. It's something that's like, um, it's it's like in your nervous system, it's your body's responses. So your body is responding to things all the time. Your nervous system is responding to things all the time. And sometimes it's stuff that you really need to sit with and feel. And sometimes it's stuff that's, um, that you can just really say, I've looked at that before. I don't need to sit in fear. I already know what's going on there. Uh, you know, maybe it's this or that. And I'm just going to choose to redirect and refocus rather than indulging in that. There's a difference. You kind of have to start to play with it to feel out knowing the difference between indulging and emotions when you don't, when it's not necessarily useful for you right at that moment and knowing when you need to sit in them and just let the feeling be there. It, it, it's kind of like, I use the, I'd like to think a lot about what am I avoiding? Because if I'm trying to avoid feeling emotions, often what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be suppressing them or pushing them aside or um, adding layered emotions on top of it, like a judgment about that emotion. In that case, that's probably an emotion I need to feel. It's a feeling I need to step into because I've been trying to push it away. Um, other times it can be more of just like I'm trying to avoid taking authority over letting myself be happy or letting myself feel joy or letting myself feel um, 
in control of my day, I'm trying, I'm avoiding that. So I'm just like, oh, I'm at the mercy of my emotions. I just have to like, let them be here and indulge in them. Is this kind of making sense? There's, there's kind of a spectrum of things that happen and you can, you have to look at them more um, circumstantially on what the exact thing is that's going on at the time to have more information and more details. So I'm never telling you to like spiritually bypass yourself. That's something I think that can be kind of confusing when you first start playing with emotions is that it's like, oh, I'm just supposed to tell myself not to feel this. No, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you that sometimes the emotion is simply just a vibration in your body reacting to information that you've had built into there from your entire life for all of the things. Um, so, so Amber, if you, if you want to, so, okay. Grief is the emotion. Um, I'd need a little bit more information. Usually grief is one of those things that we do a lot of suppressing with. The thing about grief is that it has its own healing properties. So when we're, when we are grieving, a lot of times we just need to, to be in the grieving and let ourselves be in the grieving for as long as it takes. And you can kind of start to tell one of the things that, um, one of the things that happens is that if we're really feeling the emotion and we're not just judging ourselves about the emotion, right? But we're actually letting ourselves feel it, setting aside any shame or judgment or blame or any of that. There comes a time when our body is like, okay, I've had enough of the emotion. I don't, I don't necessarily want to feel this anymore. And that's when we can start to say, okay, as the kind guardian of my nervous system, let's, let's do some stair steps out of this. What's like a more neutral feeling that I can move into right now? And I do that with my thoughts. Does that, are you following some of that? It's kind of hard sometimes to give a big overview and, and make it really relevant for what you're specifically dealing with without all the specifics, but there's some, some information for you. Amber, Amber says yes. Awesome. Yeah, emotions are my favorite thing. <laughs> They're my favorite thing because I used to I used to discount them so much. Like feelings are just feelings and you can't like you can't listen to them, you can't be swayed by them. You just have to go by like truth or facts or whatever. But feelings are actually just sign signposts. They're just something, they're just a way to guide you in a direction of like, oh, this is information that I need to look at or that I need to think about. And it's been buried inside of me. And if it's in there, it needs to come out and be processed. So Amber says, um, it's hard to choose joy, but I can choose something closer. Amber, I wonder, um, so when I've been in periods of grief before, I've, I resonate with love because it's a joyful emotion, but it also honors your grieving process. I don't know if that, if that resonates with you at all, but I, that that's one that has helped me in the past. Amber, find a different word. I'm telling you, words are so personal. And, and it sounds like when you think joy right now, you're already judging yourself. So just pick a different word because the thing is we can, we stair step things. We, and like I'm telling you, most of my day is like spent in a very neutral, calm state, not super high energy, not, 
you know, not manic. I'm not this or that. I'm just like, how can I be in a more very neutral state? So getting yourself to, to stair step into a place that's feels a little bit more neutral and find a word that feels good. If, you know, sometimes love doesn't feel neutral to me. So it can be something, oh, those are good. Those are such good words, Jess. Um, present, safe, safe. That's a really good word. That's one that I um, lean into a lot, actually. It feels more neutral to me too. So like, how can I feel safe right now? Tender. I like the word tender also. Yeah. These are so good. Yeah, I would say just notice wherever there's any friction where you're like, I'm supposed to be doing something else or I'm supposed to be feeling this or I should make myself feel this. That is all just like scratch that. Shame, blame, judgment. That's not helpful to you. All it means is those words aren't working for you. So play around with things that actually feel differently to you. Yeah, grounded. That's such a good one. Does anybody want me to zoom in on any other area of this chart? I can move a little bit here. <clears throat> I do feel like there's a lot more negative emotion on this, though. And I think somebody brought that up earlier, because like we have joy and genius, but then we've got disgust, fear, sad, and anger. I feel like it should be a little bit more balanced. You know, I think it's just because we get the negative emotions of life are what throw us so much. Like with happy stuff, we don't tend to analyze it a lot or, or even necessarily even think about it, which is, you know, maybe part of the problem. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. We don't sit and necessarily hash it all out, like the nuances of it. But the negative sides of life are, they, they can really be such a hindrance. Like when we're feeling bad or feeling negative, there's so much judgment that we add onto ourselves about that. So I think having all of the vocabulary helps us to think through it differently. I love this wheel. I think it's great. I'm going to print it out when we're done. Yeah, this is good. Yes, of course. I'll definitely share the image with you. I can tell you it's from, um, well, I can zoom in on the website too. Um, oh, it's Avan. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here we go. That, that doesn't really, does that show you the website? Uh, I'll pop it. I'll, yeah. I'll share it. <laughs> I'll just share it. <laughs> We'll share it with you. Yeah, that was oh, really useful I stuff. Can actually, look, I can actually post a comment. Oh, and Yay! I can put it on here. Look at oh, that. You're Mad so fancy. <laughs> well, whoever this person is, thank you for creating this. Yes. Thank you, Abby Van. I'm not going to even try. <laughs> <laughs> you, Jim? Yeah. This is good. Um, this is good. This is a good way to wrap up our hour, I think. Thank you guys for dealing with my throat issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's feel better. 
feel bad. I really don't feel bad. That's the thing. I just, you know, it's just, it's all flowing. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's inflow. <laughs> it's inflow. Yes, exactly. Which, which one is your body in right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. You guys are amazing. Thank you all for being here with us, hanging out. It's always a good. We time. need a name. Wait, we need a name for this show. We should just maybe pick a couple of emotions, right? Like, yeah. All right. What do you think? Hmm. I, feel I like today. Yeah, I feel like today was was calmer like a more calmer word. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. It was very, it was a very calm show. Um, it was kind of tender and grounded. Tender and grounded. All right. That's what we're going to call it. Tender and grounded. <laughs> I love it. Tender and grounded. I got to write this down. I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll forget it literally as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> All right. I got it. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And to our audience that shows up live for us every week. Yes. Thank you, guys. We love you. We love seeing you every week. We love you. And if you're listening to our podcast on YouTube or on Apple or wherever you're listening to it, go ahead, like, subscribe, and leave us a review because that helps us keep going, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good. Good job. I do the things that you're supposed do to do things. when you listen to podcasts. <laughs> awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.